Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. Hey ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Think It Ain't Illegal Yet. I'm your host, St. Clinton. On this show, we'll be playing some poetry, spoken words. And other things about political and social issues going on around the world, both past, present, and future, which will hopefully make you think. My life has been marred, let me say deformed, by the organized industrial violence that year after year was an intimate part of my existence. I have watched young men bleed to death on lonely Central American dirt roads and cobblestone squares in Sarajevo. I have looked into the eyes of mothers keening over the lifeless and mutilated bodies of their children. I have stood in warehouses with rows of corpses, including children, and breathed death into my lungs. I carry within me the ghosts of those I worked with, my comrades, now gone. War is the pornography of violence. War is presented as a game, entertainment. Commentators on the cable news channels revel in the power and might of our weaponry, and by extension, our own power. We watch neatly packaged video clips fed to the press by the war makers, and we are spared the pools of blood. The agony of the dying. On the other end, it is clean and neat and tidy and wildly out of context. There is the technological capacity to show us war. We could watch live footage of a young Iraqi soldier with his legs blown off by an anti-tank mine dying in the sand something I witnessed in the first Persian Gulf War. But such coverage would hardly boost ratings, hardly make us want to wage war. So we are fed the myth, the myth the press almost always feeds us in wartime and kept from seeing. When the myth cannot be sustained, the war is shunted to the sidelines, its daily brutality replaced by trivia and gossip. But in the age of live satellite feeds, the military has perfected the appearance of candor. 
for the myth of war, the myth of glory and honor, sells newspapers and boosts ratings real, reporting does not. War is the pornography of violence. After our defeat in Vietnam, we became a better nation. We were humble, even humiliated. We asked questions about ourselves we had not asked before. We were forced to see ourselves as others saw us, and this sight was not an attractive one. We were forced to confront our own capacity for atrocity, for evil. In this, we understood not only war, but ourselves. But this humility is gone. The good name of war was carefully resurrected. It began under President Reagan in Grenada and Panama and culminated in the first Persian Gulf War. War is the pornography of violence. It has a dark beauty filled with the monstrous and the grotesque. War gives us a distorted sense of self. It creates a feeling of comradeship that obliterates our alienation and makes us feel for perhaps the first time in our lives that we belong. War allows us to rise above our small stations in life. We find nobility in the cause, feelings of selflessness, even bliss. War allows us to engage in lusts and passions. We keep hidden in the deepest, most private interiors of our fantasy life. It allows us to destroy not only things, but human beings. War is the pornography of violence. Those who have the least meaning in their lives, the impoverished Palestinian refugees in Gaza, the disenfranchised North African immigrants in France, and even the legions of youth in the splendid indolence and safety of the industrialized world are all susceptible to war's appeal. War, at its inception, always looks and feels like love, chief emotion, war destroys. We feel in wartime comradeship, and we confuse this with friendship, with love. There are those who will insist that the comradeship of war is love, the ecstatic glow that makes us in war feel as one people, as one entity is real. This is part of war's intoxication. Suddenly, we no longer felt alone. We connected with strangers, even with people we did not like. We felt we belonged. We were somehow wrapped in the embrace of the nation, the community. In short, we no longer felt alienated. Wartime always brings with it this comradeship, which is the opposite of friendship. Those in wartime are deceived, a 
about what they are undergoing. And this is why once the war ends, these comrades again become strangers to us. This is why after war, we fall into despair. War is the pornography of violence. Comradeship, the kind that comes to us in patriotic fervor. There is a suppression of self-awareness, self-knowledge, self-possession. Comrades lose their identities in wartime for the collective rush of a common cause. Comradeship allows us to escape demands on the self that is part of friendship. War is the pornography of violence. Strangers, coasts, and waters. Many days at sea. I come here for the rights of your unworlding. Bringing for you the dead. These last gifts of the living. my words, vain sounds for the man of dust, alas my brother, you have been taken from me. You have been taken from me. By cold chance turned to shadow and my pain. Here are the foods of the old ceremony appointed long ago for the starvelings under the earth. Take them. Your brother's tears have made them wet. Take into eternity my hail. And my farewell. beyond political correctness in saying it. We live in the fifth wealthiest nation in the world. Yet over a million people are forced to rely on food bank handouts to survive. Last year, 400,000 children used food banks. Parents are going without a meal so that their children don't starve. Within the last two weeks, we've seen GPs prescribing nutritional drinks to patients that are starving. has got to stop. 
We've got 17 million people in this country that have less than £100 in savings. That's 17 million people a heartbeat away from being on the street. Our disabled are trapped in their homes and abandoned by a government that cares nothing for anybody but itself and its rich friends. Our elderly are being forced to sell their homes. They're being forced to leave their loved ones and a lifetime of memories. And those that can stay have to make a choice between a meal and heating for their homes. We've seen thousands of our sick die after this government has certified them unfit to work. Legal aid cuts have created a two-tier system of justice in the UK. One for the rich and one for the poor. The latter offering no justice at all. Now it's, it's difficult for me to put into words the anger and the outrage which I feel towards this vile and belligerent government for what it is doing to the people in this country. And the time has come for everybody to stand together and fight back together. I question the very legitimacy of the government that we have. Let's remember that we have 20 police forces right now that are investigating allegations of systemic abuse of the electoral rules by the Tory party. The extent of those allegations is staggering. We've got 33 constituencies involved, 29 MPs implicated. This is a criminal offence. MPs could go to prison. We could be looking at by-elections triggered across the country. The NHS is in crisis. There's a crisis in morale. A crisis in funding. A crisis in staff. We're looking at privatization of the NHS, wholesale of the NHS is happening right now. Virgin Care has been awarded hundreds of millions of pounds in contracts. The NHS is something that we can all be proud of. We've got to fight to save it. For Theresa May to say that the Tory party is the party of the NHS is beyond ludicrous. Theresa May has recently singled out the Health Secretary, Jeremy Hunt. 
as an, a passionate advocate for patients and doctors. What the hell has she been smoking? Let's get this straight. All of the industrial action that we have seen, the unprecedented industrial action that we have seen on the part of our junior doctors during the past several months. All of the disruption that we've seen in the NHS during the past several months. has been caused by one thing. And that one thing is the stupidity, the ineptitude and the negligence of the health secretary, Jeremy Hunt. Any patients that may have come to harm because of the actions that we've seen taken by junior doctors, have come to harm because of the health secretary. Because what the health secretary has done is deliberately mislead parliament. And deliberately mislead the public on weekend death rates. Now the result of that has been that patients have not sought emergency care at the weekends that they would have got, but they didn't go. Because they wrongly believe, because they have been misled by the health secretary that they wouldn't get the care that they should. Patients have been injured because of the health secretary. Patients may even have died if it was up to me. This health secretary would not be showered with accolades. He would be charged with corporate manslaughter and he would be bloody well thrown in jail. Jeremy Hunt is trying to railroad through a contract for junior doctors that is unfair, that is unsafe, not just for patients, but for doctors as well. And which openly discriminates against women. We know it discriminates against women because the government's own equality impact assessment says it does. For the government to try and force through a contract that discriminates against women is abhorrent and we should all be fighting with our junior doctors on that single issue alone. The biggest cause of the industrial action that we saw by our junior doctors was again the health secretary misleading parliament, misleading public and misleading junior doctors by telling them that he was going to impose the contract on them. I am just sick to death of lying scumbag politicians. I'm sick to death of being misled. I'm sick to death of being given spin, half-truths. The people in this country want a new kind of politics. politics based on truth and honesty. 
things we couldn't believe in and principles we want to get out of bed in the morning and fight for. And I've got to tell you, for me, those are the politics of Jeremy Corbyn. economic disparity shouldn't ignore the needs of the people. I'm not voting out of absolute indifference and weariness and exhaustion from the lies, treachery, deceit of the political class that has been going on for generations now. which has now reached fever pitch where we have a disenfranchised, disillusioned, despondent underclass that are not being represented by that political system. So voting for it is tacit complicity with that system and that's not something I'm offering up. come from the kind of social conditions that are exacerbated by an indifferent system that really just administrates for large corporations. I was part of a social and economic class that is underserved by the current political system. Drug addiction is one of the problems it creates when you have huge, underserved, impoverished populations. People get drug problems. also don't feel like uh, they want to engage with the current political system because they see that it doesn't work for them. They see that it makes no difference. They see that they're not served. The, the apathy doesn't come from us, the people. The apathy comes from the politicians. being destroyed, we are creating an underclass, we are exploiting poor people all over the world and the genuine legitimate problems of the people are not being addressed. I think a socialist egalitarian system based on the massive redistribution of wealth heavy taxation of corporations and massive responsibility for uh, energy companies and any companies in sport exploiting the environment. David Cameron says profit isn't a dirty word, I say profit is a filthy word. Because wherever there is profit there is also deficit and there, this system currently doesn't address these ideas and so why would anyone vote for it? for change. I'm calling for genuine alternatives. I say when there is a genuine alternative, a genuine option, then vote for that. But until then, don't bother. Why pretend? Why be complicit in this ridiculous illusion? Time is now, these movements are already occurring, it's happening everywhere. We're in a time where communication is instantaneous and there are communities all over the world. The Occupy movement made a difference, in, even if only in that it introduced to the popular public lexicon the idea of the 1% versus the 99%. for the first time in a generation are aware of massive corporate and economic exploitation.
These things are not nonsense, and these subjects are not being addressed. No one's doing anything about tax havens. doing anything about their political affili affiliations and financial affiliations of the Conservative Party. So until people start addressing things that are actually real, why wouldn't I be facetious? Why would I take it seriously? Why would I encourage a constituency of young people that are absolutely indifferent to vote? Aren't you more bored than anyone? And you've been talking on year after year, listening to their lies, their nonsense. Then it's this one gets in, then it's that one getting in. But the problem continues. Why are we going to continue to contribute to this facade? It's not just some peripheral thing that I turn up once in a while to a church fate for. For me, this is what I come from. This is what I care about. There's going to be a revolution. It's totally going to happen. But I ain't got a flicker of doubt. This is the end. This is time to wake up. engage that feeling instead of some moment of lachrymose sentimentality trotted out on the TV for people to pour over emotional porn. If we can engage that feeling and change things, why wouldn't we? Why is that naive? Why is that not my right because I'm an actor? taking the right. I don't need the right from you. I don't need the right from anybody. I'm taking it. This is time to wake up.
new. It's the same old road, but it's always new. Always new. Always new. It's the same old road, but it's always new. and down the hill but it's always different up and down the hill it wakes me up up and down the hill it gets the heart beating Light 
outlets are reporting that escaped Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman has allegedly put a $100 million bounty out for the head of presidential hopeful Donald Trump. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck is you running for president? Huh? Why the fuck is you running for president? Huh? Fuck Donald Trump. Yeah. Fuck Donald Trump, nigga. Fuck Donald Trump. Pop open the trunk, nigga. Grab that pump, nigga. You get slumped, nigga. You want wild ass white boy talking like you drunk, nigga. Use a bama, nigga. Use a ump, nigga. Shout, shout, shout out, Bernie Sanders. What's up, nigga? Yeah, I fucks with you. Yeah, yeah, I fucks with you. But I'm still not gon' fucking vote, nigga. Them votes don't mean shit, quote unquote, nigga. The fucking government a lie. This world we live in, this shit a lie. It's a lie. Don't you turn the blind eye. Real lie, fucking with Trump. That shit probably make us all die. Yeah. Use a clown, nigga. Fuck from round, nigga. Sit, sit down, nigga. Get hit with that round, nigga. Get your ass gunned down, nigga. Then you used to be a wrestler. What the fuck you doing now, nigga? I try to make El Chapo seem like he bad, nigga. The government killing niggas too. This shit sad, nigga. What worse is he than you? Fuck a badge, nigga. Fuck a cop, nigga. I'm your op, nigga. You probably laugh when a black body drop, nigga. Donald Trump don't get no fuck about the black people. Just stop, nigga. Why you looking out for people that's already good? What you gonna do with people in the hood? Yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, fuck, yeah, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Donald Trump, yeah, 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 man, real life. Fuck Donald Trump, man. Take your bitch ass back to WWE or some shit. Free El Chapo, man. I take that motherfucking hundred million dollars, nigga. Knock your bitch ass off, bitch. You've heard the criticism before that President Obama won't use the phrase radical Islamic terrorism. It appears that the shooter uh, was inspired by uh, various extremist uh, information uh, that was disseminated uh, over the internet. He hasn't used the phrase before, and as Olivier Knox at Yahoo News points out, Mr. Obama almost certainly won't in the future. Olivier, set it up. We know, Gordon, this has come up uh, basically since 9-11. This is a long-running debate about presidential rhetoric about American enemies and the war on terrorism. They boil down to two factors. One is that American presidents are very hesitant to suggest in any way that Islam is a motivating force for this kind of violence. Uh, President Bush was extremely careful to disassociate Islam from the 9-11 attacks, for example. He went to the Islamic Center of Washington, D.C. six days after those attacks to say, Islam is peace. These people have tried to hijack uh, a great religion. The same applies to Barack Obama. What they're trying to do is not needlessly alienate America's Muslim partners and allies in the global war on terrorism, but also they really, really, really don't want to legitimize the, the actions of these kinds of extremists by letting them cloak their violence in religion. But don't our Muslim allies dislike what these guys do in terms of, uh, as President Bush said, hijacking the religion? They absolutely do. The challenge is uh, that sometimes things get lost in translation. Sometimes when a uh, when a when an American politician says radical Islam, uh, some folks in in some of the more uh, uh, orthodox forms of, uh, of Islam get offended. In 2006, when George W. Bush started talking about radical Islam um, as, a, as a force behind these kinds of attacks, the Saudi government came out and said, hey, 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 hold on. This is terrorism. It is not Islam. You have to separate the two. But these terrorists at times, right, say they're inspired or directed by ISIS, so they cry out, Allahu Akbar? Absolutely. Absolutely right. There, there is, but there's a difference between letting people uh, claim that they are acting on behalf of a religion 
and endorsing that claim. And that's the big concern for, for now two American presidents. Um, just because someone says they're acting on behalf of, of God does not mean they are. And presidents have just tried not to legitimize this kind of rhetoric. Interesting. We're speaking with Olivier Knox, chief Washington correspondent at Yahoo News. His piece is called Here's Why Obama Does Not Refer to Radical Islamic Terrorism. All right. So I thought I understood somebody say, too, that by President Obama not calling it this, uh, he's failing to identify the enemy. And that makes it more difficult to defeat. That is a recurring criticism of President Obama's rhetoric on this issue. Uh, Ted Cruz has has said stuff along those lines. But uh, Democratic House member Tulsi Gabbard has as well. There is a strain uh, of this argument that is, look, by not labeling it radical Islamic terrorism, you are failing to diagnose the problem, which means that you will fail to find the cure to the problem. Uh, that's, that's also been running since essentially 9-11. Um, the, the, the debate uh, ends up being about policies that might target American Muslims, for example. So... Um, one of the things that motivated both President Bush and now motivates Barack Obama is that there have been occasionally some reprisals, some retaliation, some uh, attacks on American Muslims. And they worry that calls, uh, for example, from Donald Trump to ban Muslim immigration to the United States or to uh, surveil uh, all, of, all of the mosques in America, things like that, they worry about those things uh, targeting individual populations in the United States, the Muslim population specifically, in the United States. Olivier Knox, Washington correspondent at Yahoo News. America's First News is online all the time. Follow us on Twitter at This Morning Show. Like us on Facebook or send us an email. This Morning at CompassMediaNetworks.com. ago, U.S. and NATO invaded my country under the beautiful banner of women rights, human rights, and democracy. Uh, kidnapping, rape cases, domestic violences, Assyria attacks, killing of women increasing rapidly, even historical. All of these crimes are happening under the name of democracy, women rights, human rights. So I inform you uh, about the taxpayer money that billions of dollars that giving to Kaiser's puppet mafia regime. Most of this money goes into pocket of these warlords, drug lords, criminals, not benefit Afghan people. Mainstream media always they talk about situation of the women in Afghanistan that it improved a lot, but but um, right now in most of provinces of Afghanistan, women even they do not have human life. Killing a woman that much easy for the warlords like killing a bird. Hey, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saint Quentin, and we've come to the end of Think It Ain't Illegal. Yeah. We'll be back soon with a new episode, and hopefully, this episode has made you think and want to make a difference in this world. Now I'm going to turn on for the love of poetry and spoken word and think. Get to Old Navy now, because this week only, there's a new Red Hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store-wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in-store. So hurry in and get today's wow-worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19, select styles only. $10 off valid in-store only. One-time use excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry. 
Get to Old Navy now because this week only there's a new red hot deal every single day. Plus up to 50% off store wide. That's up to 50% off your favorite Old Navy styles. Also get $10 off your next purchase when you buy online and pick up in store. So hurry in and get today's wow worthy fashion pieces at a price you won't believe. Only at Old Navy. Valid 712 to 19. Select styles only. $10 off valid in store only. One time use. Excludes clearance, gift card, register lane items, jewelry.